Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, back here on OMF, Jeff Goodman from Stadium has been all over this Celtic stuff, especially the postmortems, all of the stuff with Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge of the coaching stuff, and there's a lot of questions we have for Jeff Goodman, and he joins us right now on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm good, guy. I still can't believe if you had told me like two years ago that Brad Stevens would not be coaching anyone. <laughs> like, think of how... I mean, again, I've known Brad forever. Like, I just can't believe Brad Stevens is not coaching basketball this year. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Let me. Well, let me ask you this because I know you saw Jared Weiss's piece. Um, yeah. And we we don't. And I know one of the worst things you could say about a coach is that like they don't listen to him. They lost his team. But the more I see stuff about like some of these guys and some of the reports out now, you know, even it was Gordon Hayward saying, "Hey, you got to have a stronger voice with these guys." You know, some of the rumors of like COVID that they weren't paying attention to protocols. You do sort of leave a feeling like it was time to move on. These guys just weren't responding to him at all. They weren't listening to him. Lou, you're right. I mean, like, I think it had just run its course. Yeah. Ultimately, I think Brad Stevens is a great coach, but I think part of it, honestly, he, he's not going to be a guy that jumps people. That's just not him. That's never going to be him. He, he could try to go that route a little bit, but it's not real. So what he needed was a staff who had a guy or two like that. And he didn't have that either. You know, Jerome Allen wasn't that. Uh, Laranega, Jay Laranega is not that. Like, so I think he had the wrong staff for him. And part of it was, let's face it, guys, like he came in a league. He didn't know who to hire. You know, the only guy he kind of knew, he brought in Micah Shrewsbury, who left, you know, and he was the nicest human being in the world. He left to become an assistant back in college and now is a head coach at Penn State. So I, I think Brad had the wrong staff around him. To be And the other crazy part, guys, it's not like he was coaching Russell Westbrook or Rondo for that long. Like, he had a pretty good – it's hard not to get along great with Kemba. Now, I don't think – I think it was – I don't think it was nearly as bad as, as what people think it was between Brad and Kemba from what I've been told. It was the frustration more than anything with Kemba uh, that he wasn't able to get on the floor and he wasn't himself. And he was frustrated. Brad was frustrated because he didn't know – how to you know if he could count on Kemba, and obviously he couldn't because Kemba didn't play in the two most important games of the season this year. So I think it was more frustration. Those are two of the best human beings I've ever met covering basketball at every level and every other sport. So you can't begin to tell me that those guys were like hating each other. That's just not their personality. No, and I think we would have heard if there were loud voices going back and forth in the locker room or at practice and we didn't yeah. hear any of that, Jeff. But you also know it's a player's league right now. And that is unfortunate, I think, for a guy like Brad who is a terrific coach, but players are going to sit there and say, you never played in the league. What the hell are you talking about? Especially when things don't go well. So the relationship with Kemba, could it be that he was harder on Kemba because he needed him to play defense. You needed your point guard to go out there and play some defense. Yeah, 
Yeah, and Kemba was atrocious defensively. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. Like, he just he wasn't good whether it was the knees or the fact that he is small and the fact that he put up numbers in Charlotte, you know, for a team that wasn't really winning a whole lot of games. Again, nobody's going to be a bigger Kemba fan than me. Uh, nobody's a bigger Brad Stevens fan than me. I, I just it you needed to make a change. I said it before the end of the year, and I hated saying it, but it's true. You needed to make a change. I don't know if this is a change I would have made. And my biggest concern with Brad Stevens, the general manager, is is he too nice? Is he going to be able to fleece somebody and get off the phone and start celebrating that he took somebody for every – like, would he be able to do what Danny Ainge was able to do over the years? You know, Man, just give us two first-round picks. I don't want to take too much from you. We don't want three. Just, <laughs> you know, I want to give us a, two. We'll be needs, happy. It needs to be a win-win situation. <laughs> exactly. Jeff, so, Jeff, just you know, just looking ahead. So, do you know anything about the relationship that, that exists or the friendship that exists between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Like, are those guys yeah, buddies? I do. No, they're not buddies. No, no, no. They like each other, but they don't hang out off the court. And and honestly, they don't hang out off the court. And I don't want to say it's clear watching them on the court because there are plenty of guys. Hey, Glenn knows this better than anybody. Did Larry Bird and Kevin McHale were they buddies? No, no. But they were man, great they on the court. Like they were buddies on the court, and, that's, the and court. that's my point. It's so you, it's right. like I would right. say maybe maybe if you have one of the two, you're fine. Ultimately, just looking to the future here, I just feel like this is a relationship. Like something's got to give. It may be one of them or both of them in the end before too long. What do you think? It's why I have said over and over and over, and people criticize me and crucify me for saying it, but trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal if you can. Because what we do know is the chemistry, and we'll see it. You'll see it in the Olympics between Tatum and and Brad Beal. Like, that's Tatum's, like, older brother. They're so tight, and I think Bradley Beal is also a player who's a high IQ player in terms of his decision-making. If you put the ball and let – play through Bradley Beal, and he has players around him, he can average seven assists a game. I'm fully convinced of that. I've watched him play enough over the years. I don't think that's Jalen Brown. He doesn't make people better. And, and when he and Tatum go on the court, it honestly, it looks like they've never played basketball together yeah. before. Yeah. And Jeff, now see, here's my concern, okay, because now we're talking about Jason Tatum going to the Olympics. Everyone's like, now he's got to be a recruiter, right? You're talking about maybe a Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah. My thing is that he's young. He's being recruited. He is not the recruiter. And I think Very he tall. can be, he, yeah. to me, he seems like a guy that can be seduced. All-star <laughs> games, you know, Olympics, <laughs> all World dude. Cup teams. Seriously, all NBA. Durant's uh, talking crazy about him, how much he loves him. And I just yeah, feel like yeah. they're sitting there saying, hey, Tatum, you know, now, rather than me come to you, in two years, you're going to come with me. So to me, it's almost like this is the guy that I believe in two or three years is going to want to be going somewhere else. And because of that, I wouldn't get rid of Jalen. But that's why I bring in Beal. To keep him. I think you have a better shot of keeping Tatum if he's happy and he's playing with somebody that makes his life a little bit easier. And obviously, listen, the number one thing, guys, is you can't go in with a point guard duo of Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard. You no. can't. You're not going anywhere. We, mm-hmm. we know that. You're a seventh-place team again if you do that. So number one concern for Brad Stevens, figure out a way to upgrade the point guard situation now. I think you've got to trade Marcus Smart in order to do that. And I don't know what else. Again, everybody thinks Robert Williams is Bill Russell. I don't. I would absolutely look at it. I don't think his value is high enough to necessarily trade Robert Williams. I think after next year, get him on the court consistently. 
then maybe his value goes up and you can move him. But to me, you better bring in a, a Kyle Lowry, uh, Alonzo Ball, and I know he's a restricted free agent. He's going to get $20 million or so. Without a good point guard, you got no shot. Zero. So we started the show today, Jeff, by talking specifically about that. That there are a lot of people that are sitting back and they're saying, "You got Tatum, you got Brown, you got something to build on." There's no building in the NBA. You turn a team around, you get a two or three year window, and then they move on to somewhere else and play with other friends. So what do you have to do here? And I think you're onto something. You've got to decide what your most valuable commodity is. That turns out to be Tatum, and you've got to bring somebody in that will play and wants to play along with Tatum and then go from there. I almost think you have to do that because if you go sideways over the next couple of years and look at the Eastern Conference and you're seeing Atlanta and the Knicks and other teams, Chicago's going to get better, and you're saying to yourself, two years from now, Tatum is going to say, I want out. 100%. And he's not the type. He's not. Like Jason Tatum is like the nicest kid in the world. And, and as Lou said, they're all he is nice. Impressionable. They're all nice. He's impre- yeah, he's nice. impressionable. Yeah. That's the problem when, when you send him out to these different events. I never thought of that, Lou, but you're right. He, he's more likely to be seduced than do the seducing. That's just not I mean, his isn't, personality. Isn't, isn't Durant sort of sitting there saying, listen, you know how I think about you. This is what I did. I went to Golden State, then I went to Brooklyn. That's what you got to do, kid. Forget about Beal coming to you. You and Beal go somewhere else. Like, you, you, is it like one of you think Jason Tatum's really sitting there saying, "Bradley, you want to come with us? I like our future." Or you think Beal's sitting there saying, "I'm going to choose my team, Jason. You come with me in two years." Well, I think I think Tatum's saying, "Hey, I just I just got a big deal, and you know what? You know, if I can win here, let's try it here, especially with a new head coach, yeah. which I think it's going to be one of Chauncey Billups or this uh, Ime Duke, Udoka." A guy from the Nets, the assistant head coach, who has gotten rave reviews. And, and he's coached Marcus Smart. He's coached Tatum. He's coached Jalen Brown uh, in 2019 in the World Championships. Yep. And he's got an edge to him. He's kind of even keeled, but he's got an edge to him, defensive-minded. I spoke to somebody for a while last night who's coached with him and was very impressed with him and thinks he could do do a really good job kind of connecting. That's what they need. Was it Kenny Mack? They need a connector. It's not Kenny. <laughs> Kenny Mack would listen. Kenny Mack would have those dudes out partying. You know that, Lou. He'd have he'd have them all over whatever spot it is now. I'm too old for That's that. That's my college buddy. He's a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jeff, Kenny Mack. Up. <laughs> I was like, so, so what's what's your take on Marcus Smart? His role with the team. What needs to happen with him? Because ultimately, like for me, I'm like this guy's. Is is as much as he brings to a team, I also feel like he's also kind of a problem. Well, he's so frustrating at times, right? It's, like it drives me the nuts. defense is awesome. The defense is awesome, but I blame Brad too for allowing Marcus Smart to shoot fifty two three pointers a game. Yeah. Which is it feels like he shoots, right? Yeah. Like exactly. I know he only averages like six. It feels like he just launches every three imaginable, whether it's contested, not contested, whether he's Six for six, whether he's 0 for 9, it doesn't matter. Why? I, I said it. We had Brad on, on a podcast I do with Bob Ryan, and I said to Brad, I said, Brad, like, if, if Bob was on the team, would you give him the green light shooting threes too? And he sort of, like, laughed. But, like, I'm serious. Like, this dude lets everybody shoot threes. And if you have the personnel to do that, that's fine. If you've got Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, go ahead. Give him the green light whenever you want. But if you've got Marcus Smart and Daniel Tice and you've had, you know, Al Hortford, like why are you turning all these dudes? I, I understand the analytics say a three is a much better shot than a contested two, but I just watched Devin Booker the other night, guys, 
I, I got to say, those contest they weren't even contested twos necessarily. Those look pretty good. I, I'd rather have Devin Booker or, or even Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, taking it to the basket. Yep. To the basket rather than just jack threes all the time. Mm-hmm. All right, so you talked about a point guard, and the only fear I have with the point guard, and you just brought it up with Marcus Smart, he's not a great shooter in the outside, and he likes to shoot. He's not looking yeah. at alternatives of giving the ball up, taking, going without the ball, and then getting the ball back. So you just start with, with Ben Simmons. You get into a seven-game series, and a team can really break you down. So you get fooled sometimes, don't you, Jeff, during the regular season? Because you can sit there and say, we can get away with a guy that can't shoot, and he yeah. distributes the ball. You get into a seven-game series, and they're sitting there different going, it, it changes everything. It's all yeah. matchups. Yeah. yeah, it's a different game. The playoffs, we've seen it. It's a completely different game. They can take a guy like Ben Simmons. I mean, look at even Giannis. And I, I think Milwaukee's going to win it all. But even with Giannis, it's like, well, it, it makes it that much harder because you can't put the ball in his hands at the end of the game. It's got to go. Luckily, they have a guy in Chris Middleton that can make free throws and make shots, and he's a good secondary guy. But, yeah, I, I think that's why I like Lonzo Ball, guys. I like Lonzo Ball for this team because I think he makes Tatum and Brown exponentially better right out of the gates. And you guys know I'm not a – listen, I'm not a LeVar Ball fan. I had to go to Lithuania with him for ten days. <laughs> I don't want him. I don't want him in Boston, but I want Lonzo in Boston oh, he because did. he he plays the game the right way. He's an elite level passer. He's a really good defender. And oh, by the way, he shot about thirty eight percent from three over the last two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big Lonzo Ball guy. That would be my priority because I think if you put Lonzo with Tatum and Jalen Brown and even Robert Williams, right? Like think of the lobs. I've already seen it with Zion. You could do the same types of things with Robert Williams. I think those four, I get it. You don't then have an elite-level shooter. You've got to, you've got to hope Aaron Neesmith is kind of that guy and put him in the corner. And to be honest, like he's going to get plenty of open shots with Lonzo, with Tatum and Jalen Brown. And if Robert Williams can somehow stay on the court, then I think that that's my priority. My, my priority is not, again, Evan Fournier, it'd be great to have him back in Boston at $15 million. I but do. not at the expense of, of not getting a really good point guard. So to me, I would I would look to move Marcus Smart. I would mm. try to get I would try to get a front line point guard. And Lonzo's what twenty four. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still young. Well, I do remember that you were part of the Ball family there for right. a while, traveling, traveling part of the traveling circus. I remember that? Wow, it was a circus. It yeah. So wait, a- why is Lavar <laughs> Le- Le- is so quiet now? You don't ever hear? Do you think the sun said, "Listen, go? you got to you got to be go? quiet"? Where, where is he at now? Listen, I take all the 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 blame for Lavar. I put really? I put that dude. Yeah, no, no. I was the first idiot to interview him <laughs> at a high school event in Springfield. I interviewed him when all three of the Ball Brothers were playing in a high school event in Springfield Hall of Fame. And halfway, somebody said, "Like you got to, you know, this dude up there. That's the Ball's, you know, father." So halfway through the interview, I literally gave him the microphone. I'm like, "You don't need me." And and he listen in small doses, guys. He's incredibly entertaining and yeah. fun to be around. But 10 days in Lithuania? Jeff, I wanted to ask you, get your uh, thoughts real quick, too, on this Supreme Court ruling. I don't know if you agree. Paul yeah. Feinbaum, Feinbaum, rather, on Get Up said that there could be the end of the NCAA. What were your thoughts on it? The beginning of the end. Yeah. Not the end, but the beginning of the end. Why? Yes. Why? Well, I just think, listen. I think with everything that is starting to happen now, the NCAA is trying to put up these, you know, 
these guardrails on, on name, image, likeness, I think it's just going to take somebody to come in and say, like, all right, all you schools, we don't need the NCAA. You don't need them. We're going to start this other event or whatever. Um, you don't need the NCAA. I, I just think they're digging themselves deeper and deeper, and nobody's been – you know, part of it is, listen, the, the tournament, the contract, right, the, the, the CBS Turner contract is worth so much money, and it's it's – still another what 10 15 years out that's the hardest part if that weren't the case i think we'd be done with the ncaa i i think somehow all the big schools would break off Hmm. because of the ncaa tournament so jeff i had somebody tell me that brad stevens was not at all interested in the indiana job or going back to the college game he wanted to stay in the pro game at the time stay in coaching in the pro game does this this ruling with the supreme court yesterday do you believe that there already is a fear of coaches out there of being in the college game, that it's changed so much and the pro is so much easier to coach? Do you think that more and more guys are going to leave the college game now? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've talked to plenty of people who have talked to Brad Stevens lately because Brad's now a GM, so he's, he's preparing for the draft, talking to college guys, and they all tell him, I'll tell Brad, you're out of your mind if you think about coming back to college now. Like, do not do it. Because, again, you've got to deal now with, with kids. Think about, like, the small things you've got to deal with in the locker room, right? Like one kid making more money than another kid. That kid's pissed off because he's having a better year, but he's not making as much money. Um, it's pro problems. You know, there's just, yeah, exactly. It's like pro problems. Pro problems. It's at, wild at, an, at an immature age. So yeah. does, that, does that create like a wild, wild west in NCAA? We keep talking about all these loopholes, and they can do this and do that. It's just it's going to be a little chaotic, isn't it? These schools are going to be paying some of these kids, Lou, finding ways to do it. Lou, I got a great idea for you. Yeah. I got a great idea. Empty your pockets. Yep. You got deep pockets now. Empty <laughs> your pockets. Yep. Go to Ed Cooley. Go to Ed Cooley and tell him <laughs> that you are willing. You're willing to take some of your salary, and you want to get the best dude. You want to get a money base. Paid internship right here at EEI. <laughs> call Cooley and tell him you want Amani Bates. Amani Bates is the number one player in the country for him. next year. Yep. And you're going to give him, like, you're going to throw into the fund, like, another, what What can you throw in? How much do you think you got? The couple, problem is, I'm pretty sure there's someone down, at, someone down at UT, that, uh, down at Texas, that's probably got deeper <laughs> pockets, Goody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. You're, you're, you're not at their level yet. <laughs> you know? Maybe, maybe all, all you and I don't know who else, Ryan Gold. But that's what it turns into, right? Too. That's what it turns into. Yeah. This is what we're going to see. Yeah, what it's are you illegal right now? So they say you can't do that with recruiting inducements right now that you're not allowed to. But come on, like NCAA, how are you going to make sure that that you know the best friend of Ed Cooley at Providence who owns ten car dealerships doesn't tell Cooley, hey, when this kid gets on campus? I'm going to pay him a million dollars. He's going to do 10 commercials for me. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this, be a joke. this is the booster's dream. This is laundering booster's money right now. With I can now get involved legally. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, it, it's, it's going to be a you-know-what show. I won't say the word on here, but okay. you know what it is. And that's why Roy Williams retired when he did. And Coach K can deny it all he wants because he's 75, turning 75. He was going to retire anyway in a year probably. Mm. But but if he had any thought of going another year, people were telling him, you're out of your mind because college basketball and college athletics as we've known it, and maybe for the better, is, is, is going to be a thing of the past. 
Shashevsky's getting out at the right time. You want to pronounce that name? Shashevsky. He has trouble <laughs> pronouncing that name. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, uh, man. Jeff, it's always great, always great talking to you. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you, you later. Jeff Goodman of uh, Stadium. Um, this hour has been brought to you by East Coast Metal Roofing. Oh, the Patriot fans are all up in arms. I don't know if you've seen Uh-oh, it. Oh, what happened? Oh, Patriots apparently fell way down in the rankings of another poll that oh. is out there. Oh, we'll get Pissed. to it. Yep. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.